0: Hey, what's going on? It's Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellows. We got a great episode in store for you today, we're talking about our favorite division, the Fantasy Football Fellows' favorite division in the NFL, the NFC North. Got a few different segments we're trying out this week. Got a few hot takes throughout here as well. It was fun. This was a fun one to record. So we're super excited to be bringing it to you. Uh, so let's let's get on with it. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It's Lucas, Tyler, and Cameron. Fellas, how are we doing today?
1: I am doing pretty well. I have not had school now for a little bit over a week. So, you know, it's just been it's just been a much needed break.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm doing fantastic my mom came home the other day with a fantasy football magazine from barnes and noble so we are just sitting in fantasy football land for sure we talking espn sports illustrated Not just generic. Uh, lindy sports oh my shout out to them local publish i i think local no <laughs> go off Lindy sports. Just, just do your thing. Keep doing your thing. I really enjoy your content. We'll be a sponsor soon. Hey, shout out, shout out.
0: <laughs> we love it. We love it. I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Uh, I will say I may have gotten the weirdest haircut of my life today though. Uh, not that the haircut itself was bad. Uh, but I guess I, we, have talked about this before where uh, I've asked the question to you, to both of you, uh, are you conversationalist when you're getting your hair cut? Like, do you like the conversation or do you just want the, you know, shut up and let, just, just cut my hair. And, and I've told you, I'm like the conversationalist guy. I enjoy, um, you know, entertaining a conversation with my hairstylist. Today's was just a little like out of left field though. Um, I mean, for whatever reason, uh, my hairstylist was bringing up being like the most dope old people and, smoking hookahs out in california when we're when they're old and still referring to everybody as a karen and i'm i'm like okay
2: wait, you, you wait you don't you don't <laughs> indulge you don't I, dabble?
0: I, I don't no uh no that is not my alley so i had to sit there and just kind of awkwardly laugh at it all then a commercial came up then i'm gonna have to end the story soon so we can actually get on with content that matters but uh a commercial came up talking about a side effect of this drug being pinworm. If you don't know what pinworm in, pinworm is basically, <laughs> <laughs> That's I can't
2: what it even, is. I you can't can't even talk. get it.
0: I, I can't even get it out. It basically, this is gonna be TMI. So if you don't want TMI, you can fast forward another probably like la, minute la, and a half la, here. La. But basically, it's like it's like butt worms, and so oh. then this my the, my hairstylist goes into telling me this story about how a co-worker of hers, it's like yeah she used to have butt worms it's all nasty and gross i'm like i don't want to know that's why
1: i don't talk i just sit there <laughs> quietly they go what's your profession nothing <laughs> what's your interests? i don't have any
0: i just I, I i've never had anything like this happen to me normally the people who uh cut my hair i have nice great conversations with Today was just I I didn't know what to make of it so I, I left with a good haircut. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't say that as I'm wearing a hat on the podcast, but
1: uh, they're all good taken enough
0: off so that people can see. Woo! Woo! I don't, I, I, I had put, haven't had gel in it or anything, so it's a little wonky, a little bit of hat hair. But hey, you know what? Um, if you if you don't have the video, it's just awkward. Just, you you have no clue what's going on. But anyways, um, let's let's actually get into fantasy football content now uh, and. We, we decided we, we kind of like starting with a hot take last week. So we're just going to make it a segment. We're just going to call it hot take tie. And and Tyler's going to have a hot take for us every single week. Uh, and, and I'm here for it. So Tyler, uh, I, I don't want to call it the inaugural segment of hot take tie because we technically had one last week. No, we no, no, no please,
2: please do call it that. Please do and call it. He wants the pressure. <laughs> Build the suspense
0: <laughs> in the inaugural segment of hot take tie. What is your hot take
2: today? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, last week my hot take was a, we'll call it negative assessment of a wide receiver and saying that Jarvis Landry is merely a handcuffed wide receiver. This week I've gone to the other side on a more positive, positive hot take. Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, will finish as a top five wide receiver this year when justin fields steps foot onto the field steps foot onto no when justin
0: fields no. on the field yeah when yeah. justin fields is on the field
2: yes yeah. sir yeah fields on the field baby Allen robinson will produce we gotta clip all these and then show them at the end of the year at the end of the I'll year see how
0: many were right <laughs> hey,
2: i'm it. willing i'm willing to take the risk i'm willing to take the risk that's why I'll he's hot s- take time
0: <laughs> I'll s- all right I'll but s-
2: is he better or worse than Keenan Allen?
1: Worse. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Good man.
0: Couldn't, couldn't mess up Cameron's hot take. No, but no. we'll be getting into we'll be getting into a lot of uh, the NFC North players today, including Allen Robinson. Uh, but we're gonna start with uh, the team that we finished that we think will finish last in NFC North, and maybe, probably, to no shock to everybody else, it is the detroit lions and i i don't want to pull a camera in here but i'm i'm gonna monologue this okay i'm gonna monologue the lions backfield just like we've been hyping up for weeks now because deandre swift is, is a beloved player okay i i love deandre swift he saved me my fantasy season last year he kept me alive to get me uh darn near the championship and i got robbed and didn't start juju smith schuster i started Corey davis and we won't talk about that, but I love DeAndre Swift. I was all in on DeAndre Swift this year. Uh, if he weren't such a trendy pick, I would have chosen him as like my ride or die basically. But anyways, I need to talk about what tra- what a travesty it is that DeAndre Swift will likely not be uh, the-, the workhorse back for the Detroit Lions this year. In 13 games last season, 13 games, not all 16, 13. DeAndre Swift finished as running back 18. And that was with Adrian Peterson playing all 16 games, and, and Adrian Peterson finished as running back 40. So clearly DeAndre Swift was a more talented fantasy productive back in that in that backfield. In week six through 10 alone, just those five weeks, DeAndre Swift was running back four on five yards an attempt, five yards a rush, on eight point four yards a reception. That's insanely valuable in PPR. Uh, Go off DeAndre Swift. He was 13th amongst amongst running backs in receptions last season. And if he had played in all 16 games, he would have finished right around the running back five range in receptions. Uh, And had those, you know, extra nine, 10 receptions or so, if he played all 16 games, that would have pushed him to running back 14. He would have been top 15 running back. So now we need to, Flip the coin a little bit, talk about Jamal Williams, because Jamal Williams finished as running back 38 last year. Aaron Jones with Jamal Williams there finished as a top five running back. Anthony Lynn, I'm here to tell you that DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams can coexist. And DeAndre Swift can be a top 12 running back. So this leads me to my question for Dan Campbell, Anthony Lynn, whoever in the Detroit office is is listening to this right now, which I hope you are because I am quite infuriated. Why are you threatening to put such a hard cap on DeAndre Swift's ceiling? Anthony Lynn, you had Austin Eckler who you turned into a top 10 running back single handedly. And I'm just begging you to please do the same with DeAndre Swift because he has the same capability and talent and upside to do so. He might be literally the only excitement for your team this season. I don't want to talk about Jared Goff. I don't want to talk about Jamal Williams. I could talk about TJ Hawkinson, but frankly, I don't want to because the tight end position is so bland in fantasy football. I don't want to talk about Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, whatever excuse of wide receivers you have on your roster right now. I don't want to talk about any of them. I want to talk about DeAndre Swift, but you're not going to let me because oh DeAndre Swift, he's a, he's a change in speed back. He's a speed pace back. Jamal Williams is my A back. Just stop it, okay? So I, I want to keep Swift in my top 12 so badly, but I just can't with how much Anthony Lynn's been hyping him up. But at best, he'll be a higher RB2 this year, I think. Um, but I've got him as a mid-running back right to right. Mid-running back two right now, teetering on the low end running back two. And I hate, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So that's my rant on DeAndre Swift. So sorry if that got loud. If I maxed out my mic, I apologize, but
2: it was well said. It was well said.
0: I like I just, it. I just, I need DeAndre Swift to be a thing, man. He has the capability to be a thing. I'm so upset. Anthony Lynn, prove me wrong, please. Please prove me wrong.
1: <laughs> There's a reason that the ceiling for the Detroit Lions this year is one in 16. So <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it
0: right there. Is there anything y'all want to say about DeAndre Swift? Anything that I haven't said already?
1: I think you got it all. I don't I don't think we can do DeAndre Swift much more justice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That I I there's nothing that I can say that adds to or makes it any better than how you put it. So
0: I got nothing. We just want DeAndre Swift to to be the guy. Make him the guy. Come on Anthony Lynn. Swift
2: 2024. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was gonna say whenever they get jamal williams out of there finally swift can emerge oh goodness anyways uh let's move on we can talk about another uh the rest of the lions offense which again i as i said i don't really want to talk about but because we're covering the Lions, we have to um we'll just kind of start in the order i kind of listed them all off jared goff uh i got him a qb 31 tyler you have him a qb 30 cam uh you have him 27. And essentially what our ranks say is don't draft Jared Goff. Uh, but Kansas, you have him the highest out of the three of us? Is there any glimmer of hope for Jared Goff this year? Zero. Tyler, since you have him one spot higher than me, is there any glimmer of hope for Jared Goff this year? Never. All right. Uh, and that is also my answer. There is not much upside to Jared Goff this year uh he should be left undrafted left on waivers unless if he somehow comes out and miraculously becomes like a top 20 quarterback then i'll start talking about it but Jurgoff pretty much untouchable right now in your fantasy drafts let's move on to one of the targets he'll be throwing to tj hawkinson um we'll start with ranks again i got him at tight end five tyler you have him at tight end four Cam, we're at tight end five as well pretty much consensus between all of us he is a top five tight end one of the not one of the top three, but in that next tier of two or three tight ends. So, uh, Tyler, do you have him the highest though? Um, you have him ahead of Mark Andrews actually. Um, what's your reasoning for putting, for putting Hawkinson ahead of Andrews in this case?
2: Two things. Um, one is because Hawkinson is really the, he's the clear number one target for Goff. Mark Andrews is in, you know, he's got a run first offense. He has produced in the run first offense, but now they've added Sammy Watkins. They've added Rashad Bateman. So they're, they've accumulated more weapons to disperse the ball. So just for that, I mean, that's one reason why I have Hawkinson higher than Andrews. Um, but I think another reason, um, excuse me, is that Hawkinson was kind of on an upswing, I guess, um, in terms of development and production, I guess. Um, The majority of his targets actually came later in the season between weeks eight and 14. So it took him a while to get going. And then as he got more and more comfortable, then he kind of started to produce a little more. So I think Hawkinson's really now figuring out, okay, this is where I belong. This is where I fill in for the team. So I think with a clear defined role and less targets to fight against, I think that's why Hawkinson is a little bit above Andrews, not much, but just a little bit.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it last week. I was considering putting Hawkinson above Andrews as well. Um haven't quite sold myself on doing that yet, but I I'm, they're going to be splitting hairs. I think that's what you're the, the kind of the point you're getting at there too. But Hawkinson really is coming out into his own, like you mentioned. So, uh Cameron, any other thoughts you want to add on to that?
1: He had 101 targets last year, 67 catches. I think there's an uptick. You lose Kenny Galladay, you lose Marvin Jones, you lose your two best pass catchers on the team. I, there's no way he just targets don't go up, go up. I just don't know how good the rest of the team is. That's the thing is. He might get better. He might get more targets, but I don't know if they're going to be quality targets. I don't know how well Jared Goff's going to play. They're going to stack. They're going to stack the box. They're going to force Jared Goff to throw. So maybe that helps him getting a little more one-on-one coverages. But I just think his floor is tight end six, and I think his ceiling's tight end four. So I think he's just going to stay right in that range.
0: Yep, no arguments there on my end. I think Hawkinson's a fine take if you want to take him in the sixth, seventh round, but. Um, certainly not reaching to go ahead and try and grab him either in the Kittle Waller-Kelsey range. Mm-hmm. And like you both said, Hawkins is really number one guy in that offense. They got a plethora of other wide receivers who are all okay. <laughs> Tyrell Williams, you've got Brashat uh, Quintez Cephas, and uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, the fourth-round rookie. Uh, I'm going to ask each of you, which – wide receiver on this team do you think will perform best this year and are you willing to take a late round flyer on them because uh, obviously this this core is is fairly miserable um, <laughs> to say the least but uh tyler i'll start with you uh which which wide which lines wide receiver you think will perform best and are they worth a late round flyer in your mind
2: yeah I mean, you can make an argument for really any of them, if I'm <laughs> honest. Um, Perriman did, I mean, his one good fantasy season was when he was with the Jets. I believe it was. And he was just a deep threat. Or was it Was it the Bucs? No, it was the Jets. It was the Jets. So <clears throat> there's something to be said about being a deep threat. Um, don't forget about Quintez Cephas, who's...
0: Cephas. I said Cephas. My apologies.
2: Yeah, he, I mean, he's, I think he's the lone returning receiver to the team, so there could be some value there, but my eye goes to uh, Terrell Williams um, for really two reasons. Yes, he was just cut by the Raiders, but it wasn't too long ago that he actually signed a pretty big deal to be the wide receiver one for the Raiders. So it's not, teams know that he has a shot to produce on the NFL, you know, as a wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two for an NFL team. And the other thing is that in Williams, uh, his lone 1,000 yard season, that was under Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. So Anthony Lynn clearly trusts Terrell Williams to some extent. Um, and, yes, this was also because Keenan Allen was hurt and they needed just to get the ball to somebody. So, um, like I said, my eye goes right to Williams. Um I might take him as, like, my wide receiver five, maybe, if the board is just getting really, really thin. Um So, yeah, he's probably the one guy, but, I mean, maybe it's best to just kind of wait a couple weeks just to see how this Team plays and see how they play. So,
0: yeah, Cameron. Any uh any wide receivers stick out on your end that you may take a flyer on?
1: I'm going to go with the rookie Amon Ross, Saint Brown. I think he's the guy that they're probably going to be most excited about, and just take him in this last draft. But like Ty said, I would not take him. I, I'm actually I take that back. I might take him as a late round, thirteen, round fourteen guy, round twelve, maybe but I would not stretch to take him if there's nobody else on the board at all. If you're in a 12 man league and you're on your last pick maybe, but I probably wouldn't take any lines receivers in the draft.
0: Yeah. And I have no arguments with either of those. Uh, I have my, those are the two guys that I would kind of keep an eye on. Um, if I'm looking for a wide receiver five, or if I don't take a backup QB or tight end, um, there are definitely guys that I would keep an eye on. and would consider at least, but. No arguments there. I agree with all that. That line's wide receiver course just pretty abysmal this year. So, staying away from them um, for the most part. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears now. Team will think we're – uh, goodness, my ah, – the team we think is going to finish third in the division. Uh, let's start with a guy we all love here on the podcast – the guy represented in hot take ties, uh, a hot take today. And that is Allen Robinson. Is I there... still don't think people give this guy enough love and fantasy. Uh, there says wide receiver nine last season. Uh, and Tyler, you have the closest to him there. I have not met wide receiver 12. You have him at wide receiver 10. Cam also has him at wide receiver 12. Tyler, how likely do you think it is that he slides into the top 10 wide receivers again this year?
2: I think it is a. It is one hundred percent possible. Borderline um, buy it, you know, buy some stock in it. Whatever. Um, I think. I think Allen Robinson will have a Keenan Allen type season like Allen did last year, where um, the vet will kind of look his way first, just because steady hands, and then when the rookie comes in the rookie will say oh i know this guy can get open and he can make some plays right so i think fields then starts to look robinson's way a little bit more than dalton um so yeah i think i think it is definitely definitely possible and more likely than not that he finishes a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy this year
0: yeah, Kim. What are your thoughts on Allen Robinson? Anything?
1: I really like him. He, you look at these last two years; he's had probably bottom third of the league quarterback play, and yet he's still finished with 150 targets both seasons, about 100 receptions, at least six touchdowns, and on about 1,200 yards. So, if Andy Dalton and Justin Fields can figure out how to play slightly below average, I think he's going to be pretty going to be just fine, and probably just like Ty is saying creeping in on that wide receiver 10 he's a guy that's proved i think he was number one in contested catches last year there are times where mr bisky would throw it like 15 yards past him and he'd find a way to get it it was just unreal to see some of the catches that he made he, Mitch bisky would chuck it up in quadruple coverage and alan Robinson would come down with it so you know he's going to get catches you know he's going to be open it doesn't really matter who's throwing the ball as long as they can get in the air it's going to get in his hands
0: yeah, don't disagree with any of that. I think I've said that on almost everything. Y'all you, you have really covered pretty much all the content well up to this point. I'm, I'm a big Allen Robinson believer, uh, big Allen Robinson fan. The uh, One thing I will add, he finished wide receiver 1,300 points per game bases last season, so even there, he's still knocking on the door. He's not some, you know, fluky player of, uh, you know, oh, he's just in there because so many guys were hurt last year. Like Allen Robinson – is going to get you fantasy points. He's a a reliable asset to have on your team. Absolutely. I think he's he's worthy of being right, knocking on the door of top 10, um, Mm -hmm. no matter where he's at in the rankings. Yeah. So maybe it's worth, Cameron, you kind of touched on, maybe it's worth talking about the QBs that are going to be throwing him the ball. And I say QBs because that QB room, (laughs) Chicago is uh something else right now and i think based on based on our rankings we all have differing opinions of it and i need to change my rankings after today now based on who's that came up we'll get to that in a little bit um cam i'll just kick it right back to you what do you make of the bears qb situation right now
1: i don't think andy dalton lasts the season he's not a he's not a starting quarterback anymore i think he kind of proved that with dallas that was that was a division Last year in Dallas, like I understand that he was hurt for multiple weeks, but in the games that he played, like he had, he did not play great teams down in Dallas when he was starting down there. And they had, they have a really good offense in Dallas and they were not putting up points. And I just think that he's kind of proven that he's just not, not starting quarterback anymore. So I think you trade up to get field at 10. There's no way you aren't looking for any opportunity to put in the game, you know? Like Lucas said, there was news that came out. Lucas, are you okay if I share this? Or Go I for it. Yeah, be my guest. Um, I just wanted to make sure I didn't want to like have you really upset at me later because I stole your thunder. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, in case you're wondering, that's how we are in this podcast. We're extremely petty with each other. So, um, that was a total joke. I'm sorry. That was really awful. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just think that you trade up to get him. You know that Dalton's not going to be your future. You're going to give him any every opportunity. Uh, going back, this is why I said that whole thing, is because Matt Nagy said that there is no way that Justin Fields is starting week one. He did not say there's no way he's starting week two. So I just think that Andy Dalton is safe for week one, but any week after that, I, I really think Fields is going to be in there at
0: some point. Andy Dalton is our starter. Justin is our number two. We are going to stick with this plan. You just got to trust the plan. Okay, Matt Nagy, until you realize Andy yeah. Dalton is a QB one. Tyler, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, does Justin Fields get on the field this year? Uh, and if he does, where does he fall in your rankings?
2: Yeah, real quick. All that I'll say about Matt Nagy is if you, um, if you have to phrase your plan to like phase Justin Fields into a game by saying that Andy Dalton is your Week One starter, you should not be an NFL head coach. I'm just gonna say it. That's just that's just me. That's <laughs> – I get you want to phase fields into your offense, but don't say it like that. <laughs> um anyway, I think Fields sees the field. Um probably around, let's see, that week f- 5 or 6 range. Um I'm trying to remember last year because they had Trubisky start the season and then they yanked him in the middle of week 3 and then Foles started for four weeks or so, and then he got hurt, and then Trubisky had to go back in. So they're not afraid to pull quarterbacks. Um, they
1: haven't had good enough quarterbacks to
2: keep them as as though, to be fair. This is also true. So, um, yeah, I, I would say week five or six is when Fields gets his first NFL start And I think when, when that happens, I think he would, you could, you could justify adding him to your roster just to see what kind of happens with the offense, because I mean, who knows if that offense is just takes another step or, you know, they stay the same, but again, you add him as a kind of a safe, you know, let's see what happens. If he turns up, he turns up. So I think he has, I think as a rookie, He can finish high 20s, low teens just because of, I mean, who the other quarterbacks are in the NFL. Um, But I don't think it's a Justin Herbert type rookie season. I don't think it's a, you know, blow, you know, blow the expectations away or anything like that. I think it'll be a slow and gradual um, process to get him into the game.
1: Only thing you got going for him is that he has 4-4 speed, so
2: maybe the running game comes out, but we'll see. I don't trust that 40 time at all. I can literally see the guy holding the stopwatch and it's like two steps before the line. Stop. Yeah, it's a 4-4. It's a 4-4, guys. (laughs) It's a 4-4.
0: Mark it down.
2: (laughs) Mark it down.
0: Yeah, uh, Don't disagree with any of that for what, like the fifth time this podcast... uh, as i said i need to change my rankings uh i haven't changed them or my qb rankings at least since uh came out and said that andy dalton is a starter today i have justin fields at qb 25 i believe so uh looks like i need to make a change and figure out where to slot andy dalton in my late 20s Um, (laughs) and adjust qbs from there so Mm -hmm. sounds like we're all kind of in the same boat Dalton really isn't starter material. Again, not a guy you need to be thinking about in your leagues, but uh, if Justin Fields finds the field. Eh, he's, he's a guy worth looking at in your league. And I think he'll, he'd be an interesting guy to stash on your bench once uh, he makes his start. So let's move on to uh, the guy who leads the bears backfield, David Montgomery he had a breakout season last year, finishing as running back four uh, while leading that depleted bears backfield last year. Um, Tyler, what uh, are your expectations for David Montgomery this year?
2: Yeah, full transparency. I was really, really, really high on Montgomery right after the season ended, um, partially because, like DeAndre Swift helped Lucas's fantasy team. Montgomery helped my fantasy team, so my love for Montgomery was, you know, was really high, and then reality kind of set in and then I remembered that Tariq Cohen is coming off of injury they signed Damian Williams and they drafted a uh, a running back out of Virginia Tech by the name of Khalil Herbert who's not really he he shouldn't be someone that you just kind of brush off you know like he's gonna he could get some snaps in the NFL so you've got four capable running backs in your backfield and that's thing is to always have a committee the only reason why they utilized montgomery last year was because cohen was hurt they didn't have mike davis anymore and their quarterbacks weren't cutting it so they just had no other choice but to give montgomery the ball so i think this year he does take a step back a little bit um because i have him let's see I have him ranked at running back 15, I believe. Um, And I think that is just because of the effects of a running back by committee. And you now add a quarterback like Justin Fields who, I mean, can use his own legs. So I think 15 is a a relatively good spot for Montgomery. I'd agree.
1: He was running back four at the end of last year, which is crazy. It blew my mind. I I knew he finished well, but he finished really well. He was top six in yards after contact. So he was he was getting yards no matter what. The thing that scares me the most is two years ago with Tariq Cohen. Now, granted, he might have got better as a pass catcher, but two years ago he had 35 targets, 25 yards, and 185 or 25 catches and 185 yards. This this year or this last year, he had 68 catch or 68 targets, 54 catches, and 438 yards. So he had double the targets double the receptions and double the yards. So that, that's going to really impact your fantasy stats and that's going to go away with Tariq Cohen. He might be higher than that 35 targets, 25 receptions, 185 yards, but not much when you have Tariq Cohen back there because Tariq Cohen is your third, is going to be your third down back. He's going to be your passing back. Now, his efficiency might go up and he might score more touchdowns, but I, you, got, you have to take him a step back from where he finished out last year because he was on a tear, but he's going to He's going to lose those passing downs, especially in PPR. He's going to take a step back.
0: Yeah, for reference, I have David Montgomery at running back 20. Tyler, you have him at running back 17. Cam has him at running back 18. We're all, excuse me, outside of the top 15 running backs, and I think it's for the exact reasons that you both mentioned. It's it's a full committee there now. Tariq Cohen's back. He loses touches. Damian Williams is in town, loses touches. Drafted a running back and maybe lose a few touches there, but the point being, there's. I think the big thing is that the receiving volume is gonna go back down. It's just general regression, right? Like it's it's not a knock on how good of a football player David Montgomery is. It's just the fact that he was literally the only guy in the backfield last year, and he was the definition of a workhorse running back. So it, it's just general regression. Uh, you you could probably still land him at your flex spot and be plenty happy with him there, but don't think he's a guy you need to have a super high expectations for. I think tampering him is probably worth it. So to close out the bears, um, kind of like the lions, there's no clear other wide receiver two in that offense. We kind of saw Darnell Mooney step into that a little bit last year. And he's kind of a guy like, uh, in later rounds this year. And I think he's going undrafted drafted most drafts actually, but he's another guy I like to keep an eye on, but, uh, don't think it's worth spending a ton of time on him. Uh, there's Anthony Miller there as well, who's always kind of been a thing, just kind of always lurking in the background. You got a Young, exciting tight end, and Cole Komet. You have the veteran, Jimmy Graham. From both of you, either of you two, quick thoughts on any any of the other Bears pass catchers um, before we move on to the final two teams in the division?
1: I'd maybe look Mooney later rounds, but the other ones I don't think are worth drafting. I think Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham together fall the top 20 tight ends, and Anthony Miller is not in my top 65 wide receivers. So I think I might look Dernel Mooney, but that's about it.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at the tight ends, when you look at both Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham really kind of showed that he's just a red zone threat. That's it. So maybe you stash him on your bench, maybe, but I don't know many people. I mean, I used to be one of these people where you draft two tight ends. Uh, I don't think I'm no longer this person. Thank you. I, can. I will just stock up on value elsewhere and then maybe trade for one. So um, you could, I won't, but you could. Um, but the other thing about Cole Komet is that Komet was really targeted later, like week seven, like 13 to 17 last year. Like He had, what was it, more than five targets a game so he was really kind of looked at more towards the end of last year so you may see commit kind of take that next step over graham this year because graham is also on his last year of his deal in chicago but again i wouldn't take any of these tight ends until again there is a clearer picture for them
0: to hopefully make Tyler feel a little bit better. I used to be the two tight end guy as well. And my second tight end that I'd always draft would be the one and only Chris Herndon, baby. Uh, oh, yes. Anyone know who never panned out for me as my second tight end? Chris Herndon. Chris Herndon. So <laughs> to show moving you on I, because <laughs> I am
1: on tight ends. I had Jack Doyle's miss turning tight end three years in a row. <laughs> it was my only tight end on my roster.
0: Yet yeah, you somehow survived. I can't believe it. <laughs> goodness moving on uh basically what i hear is darnell mooney everyone else is kind of well probably not worth your time uh so now we kind of move on to the good old rivalry within the nfc north and we had to talk this one out because it's always we for those of you who don't know we are a crew of Vikings fans here. We're all Minnesota born and raised. It's in school. our blood school, school likes school. So we in our right minds, no matter our opinions on how good we think either team is and how successful either team has been, we due to our home nature and our and our home blood, we can we can't talk about the Vikings before we talk about the Packers. And if we're going in tears, we're always going to think the Vikings are going to finish first in the division. So yes, there is bias there, but we're not going to let bias get in the way of how we talk about the Packers because we are a fantasy football podcast and to play fantasy football, you need to utilize more than just one NFL team. So uh, I used to be the, Oh yeah, I'm not going to draft anybody from the Packers. And then I drafted Jordy Nelson. It was the best decision I ever made in my life. So uh, we're going to talk positively about any players we think are <laughs> are worth talking positively about, uh, and let's start with the man who tried to steal the draft night, uh, and kind of did, but also really didn't at the exact same time, uh, and that and that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, came back strong last season, uh, finished QB three after quite a few disappointing uh, fantasy campaigns in years prior. Uh, we all generally have him in the same area. QB eight for me, QB seven for Tyler, QB seven for Cameron. Um let's start here. Uh I'll let you duke it out for who wants this question. How likely do you think it is that Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay?
1: Tyler, uh, that's all you.
2: <laughs> um I will say at this point I think Rodgers is in a Packers jersey. Um I just I've never seen a, a deal that comes together so, so quick for a franchise future hall of fame quarterback. It just doesn't happen. It takes time. So maybe if Rogers holds out even into the season, maybe that you see a trade for Rogers. I, 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 I go back to all the times he was on the Pat McAfee show and really anywhere else that he did interviews you saw a difference in how he talked about football and you really kind of saw exactly what he said that he just loves the game of football that's that's just it so it's hard for me to see rogers holding out by not playing football and just because he wants to just prove a point that does that that narrative doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me with rogers so to me, I think Rogers is in a is in the green and gold for at least another season.
0: Cameron, I'll ask you kind of the follow up question. Then we touched on this a little bit in our mailbag uh, that we did earlier this week, uh, but we'll we'll broaden the scope instead of just Aaron Jones. Um, how crucial is Aaron Rodgers to the fantasy success of the Packers offense in general? The Aaron Jones is the Devonte Adams, Robert Tunyan. How how critical is he to their fantasy success? I
1: think he's crazy critical. I don't think, I don't know how he couldn't be. It's just, he had 48 touchdowns last year. So there's no way that he's not critical because there's no way Jordan Love's going to sniff that. And they, they've they been talking about Blake Bortles might be starting over Jordan Love, been if Aaron Rodgers leaves. So that shows you how unready Jordan Love is to play in the NFL right now. So it's just, I, I would not trust Jordan Love. They don't think he's ready. Because if, the, if they thought he was ready and Aaron Rodgers is really asking for all these trade things, they'd just get rid of Aaron Rodgers, you know? Because they know Jordan lives. They want him to be the future. So if he was ready, you'd just get rid of the distraction and go right into it, but he's clearly not. So I think Aaron Rodgers is so valuable to all these guys. I still think they put up decent numbers if uh, Rodgers leaves. Like, Devontae's still going to be a really good wide receiver who's going to be open a lot. Who's going to get a crazy amount of targets, no matter who's throwing the ball. Aaron Jones is still a really good running back. and Tony will be interesting because a lot of times these young guys throw to tight ends. That would be his only thing that's going for him, but I would still rather have Rodgers. It, it, I just think the gap is so big between Rodgers and Love that they're, they have to take a setback.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, I, I agree with all that. I think Devontae Adams will still be a top caliber wide receiver. He, he won't be as good as if uh, he is with Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, even with um, Brent Hundley thrown him the football. He was still averaging right around 16 fantasy points a game. So Devontae Adams is still going to get work. Uh, we we kind of discussed Aaron Jones uh, in the mailbag. So you can go listen to that episode that we, that we dropped earlier this week. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, he's crazy critical for, for the Packers fantasy success. Um, and as I was saying, one of the biggest beneficiaries of Rodgers' success last year was Devontae Adams who um, finished as number one, Overall wide receiver in fantasy by 30 points, actually, is 30 points ahead of Tyree Kill, who was only like fractions of points ahead of Stefan Diggs. Um, Cameron, how likely is it that he repeats his number one fantasy wide receiver performance from last season?
1: I think he could, I, it's gonna be close. Devontae Adams had 18 touchdowns last year, which is insane. And Rogers had 48, and two years before that, Rodgers had 25 and 26. However, uh, I was looking at some stats. Devontae Adams has finished with double digit touchdowns every or four of the last five years, and he's had at least 120 targets in uh, all five or all the last five years. So it's, I still think he's going to be in that conversation. It's just I don't know if he can repeat that amount of touchdowns, but he's going to have a ton of receptions. So he's going to have a ton of yards, and I still think he's going to have a lot of touchdowns because he is always open. He catches that back shoulder fade uh, like no other. So I just – he's so frustrating to watch him play your team, but I I really think that he's going to be – I think he's going to be wide receiver one, and he might be – but he'll be at least top three for me.
0: Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Tyler?
2: Yeah, I agree with it. I mean, maybe the touchdowns go down, but when you are as good as Devontae Adams is, you're still going to get targets and you're going to get catches. So don't expect the 18 touchdowns again this year. Um, but expect top, at the bare minimum, expect top five wide receiver stats.
0: Yep, yeah, I think Devontae Adams, he's going to be one of the most dynamic players in fantasy football. He's going to be one of the most dynamic wide receivers in fantasy football for sure. We all have him at wide receiver one in our rankings, so I think that goes to show how much we all believe in the talent of Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. No question. I think it's pretty likely that he does. But, I mean, you have Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. You got guys who are also set up for success. So, I agree with Tyler uh, and Cameron, really. I think he'll fall. If he falls outside of the top five, I think I would really be surprised. So, let's move on to the man who leads the Packers backfield then. And that is Aaron Jones. He's put together back-to-back top five finishes at the position in 2019 and 2020 here. And I, I want to play a little who you take it with with aaron jones uh i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a player You're gonna tell me whether you'd have said player or aaron jones uh we'll start with running backs but i'll probably dip into wide receivers a little bit um uh, might even dip into a tight end or two and we're assuming uh, one tight end
1: we're but... assuming Rodgers is playing right
0: yes yes and this is all, all right. assuming aaron Rodgers is still playing there is no indication that he won't be playing for the packers and won't be uh, playing in, in general this season so um Yes, this is all assuming Aaron Rodgers is there. So, um, who are you taking? Aaron Jones or Ezekiel Elliott?
2: Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott.
0: Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley?
2: Saquon. Saquon.
0: Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb?
2: Chubb. Nick Chubb, and it isn't even close.
0: Ooh. With authority. I know you're high on Nick Chubb this year. Time
2: uh, give me all of Nick Chubb this year.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I ride with it. Uh, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting. Aaron Jones or Jonathan Taylor?
1: Jonathan Taylor.
0: He's thinking hard. man. He's thinking hard.
2: Give me Aaron Jones.
0: All right, Cameron. Why are you taking Jonathan Taylor over Aaron Jones there?
1: Hey, the skill levels there. I know they resigned Marlon Mack, but I honestly don't think it's going to change that much for him. He was on a tear last year. I mean, he's putting up like 150 yards a game. He's ridiculous, no. and I just think that he's going to keep that up. I don't. I don't see why he wouldn't. So, I think the skill levels there. They they fall in love with him, and that offensive line is still ridiculous. So I'm taking Jonathan Taylor.
0: Next player. Uh, we'll kind of wrap up running backs here hopefully uh, Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones
1: Aaron Jones if Rogers is still playing he's 1500 yards the last two seasons um, ton of touchdowns so I just got to take Aaron Jones
2: yeah I'll take Aaron Jones too um, it's close though so. yeah it's close I'm not I'm a little little cautious little suit I'm a little stitious <laughs> on, uh on Eckler this year just with a defensive head coach and a new offensive coordinator. I still think he'll produce, but I'm just a, I'm a little suspicious. that's all. That's all.
0: Uh so now I'm guessing we're getting in the range where maybe we start to tilt towards Aaron Jones a little bit more Cam Akers or Aaron Jones.
1: Oh, I'm taking Aaron Jones all day on
2: that one. Aaron Jones.
0: See, so this is where we can really tell it starts to fall off then because yeah. Cam Akers in most fantasy drafts is right after Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones in here. So if you're taking Aaron Jones before any of those guys, man, you got to make sure you jump on those running backs early then. Uh, and, and Cameron, just for you, I, I have to. I thought you I, skipped I, him. I know. You were going to ask if I skipped him. Aaron Jones or Cameron's man of the hour, Joe Mixon.
1: Aaron Jones. I'm still taking – I I love Joe Mixon, but if I'm – if because I'm taking – Right here, I'm taking Aaron Jones at the, the turn, you know? So I'm taking him probably end of the first, beginning of the second. If I'm taking a guy right there, he needs to be for sure. He needs to be a guy with whose ceiling is super high. And I think Aaron Jones has a higher ceiling than Joe Mixon does. I think they could – I I still think Mixon is going to have a great year, but I, I just – I trust the Green Bay offense more than the Bengals offense. That's what it comes to. I like Joe Mixon more, but I trust the Green Bay offense more than the Bengals offense.
0: Oh, I mean, we. I, I'm not going to fault you there. See, Tyler's laughing a little bit. I'm not going to fault you there though, because we've seen Aaron Jones finish as a top two running back in fantasy. Yes, we've seen we've seen running back ten from Joe Mixon. So
2: all all I'm laughing is just Cameron had to reiterate three different times. I still like Joe Mason. I still love <laughs> Joe Mixon. Don't get me hey, wrong. Hey,
1: I, I don't want people coming at me now. You know, I need to make sure that they know who my guy is.
0: <laughs> it hurt
1: him. me to say that.
0: I love it. <laughs> So maybe now to look more at the fantasy draft, um, you, you got to take Aaron Jones or Tyreek Hill.
1: Ooh, that, that's a Tyreek. tough one right there. I I'm I'm going Aaron Jones. I like having running backs higher.
0: Aaron Jones or Stefan Diggs.
1: Aaron Jones. Diggs.
0: Last one. Aaron Jones. Travis Kelsey.
2: Aaron Jones. Travis Kelsey.
0: So Tyler gets Uh, bigger on the receivers as you make the turn there. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yes.
1: It would 100% depend there who, if I'm taking him first round or if I'm like, if I'm taking him second round, it depends who I took my first pick. You know, if I go running back first round, then I'm more likely, I might think about Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs there. If I go wide receiver first round, then I'm definitely going Aaron Jones.
2: Yeah. I think more time not um yeah, at least in all the mock drafts that i've done um i would i've taken one of those three pass catchers in front of jones just because i am at the end of round one beginning round two and so maybe there's a chance he falls on the turnaround and even if he doesn't that means that one of those other pass catchers are still gonna be right there yeah, you don't really want to go two pass catchers back to back. But when, I mean, it, when it's Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, doesn't get much better for pass catchers than that. And you set yourself up to like kind of hold off for at least two more picks on pass catchers because they are just that good. So.
0: Very good. Hopefully that gives uh, y'all a better idea of how we value Aaron Jones. He's again, tail end of round one, early round two. Uh, Hopefully you can kind of compare with where other running backs are going and where wide receivers are going as well. How you value Aaron Jones based on that as well. Let's move on to kind of the last guy we're talking about in green Bay. And that's probably Robert Tanyan. Um, can, he's tight end four from last season, which was kind of a surprise because Aaron Rodgers, like, notoriously never used his tight ends. Um, and before, well, what when Jared Cook was still in that offense? Um, and who's the other one that I'm missing? There was someone else in that offense that he utilized, and I can't think of his name for the life oh, of me. Martellus um,
1: Bennett, is that what you're trying
0: to say? No, I don't think it was Bennett, but
2: Mercedes Lewis,
0: uh, it was somebody. Regardless, that's not part We're talking about Robert Tunyon. No, oh, they hit Jimmy um, Graham. No, he didn't use Jimmy Graham. Stop it. <laughs> well, they had. Or oh, you they talking had? about the last
1: one he used?
0: Yeah, I was, I, I was around the same should... time no. as Jared Cook.
1: Oh, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, no. We'll move on. It's not. It wasn't it's good now enough where. to remember. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but anyways, Tony kind of became this commodity, considering how thin the tight end pickings are in fantasy. Um, Currently, I have him at tight end eleven. Tyler, you have him at tight end nine. Cameron has him at tight end eleven. Why do we think Robert Tunyan isn't in for a top top? Oh my goodness, a top five tight end performance this year. Why do we think Robert Tunyan falls outside of the top five again? and uh, Tyler, you, you want to give some? Yeah, I was going to say even there?
2: if you say Cam, I was going to say no. I'm going to take the first Go hack for at this thing. Do it. So. A long time ago, as in two seasons ago, there was a safety for the Chicago Bears by the name of Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was a rookie out of Alabama. Not many people knew about him, but what ended up happening is that Eddie Jackson finished the season leading the league in interceptions. So he got a Pro Bowl uh, invitation, finished, um, he he was an all-pro, people were really high on him and they had these expectations that he would repeat just because they thought he was this good. And what happened in year two is he came back down to earth. He did not get as nearly as many interceptions as he did the year before. and teams still threw on the secondary of the bears. so it wasn't like anything really changed for for Jackson. And what I learned because of that is just because you led a stack a stack category in one season does not mean you are a bona fide top five player in your position for, I mean, actual NFL football or in fantasy. You need at least two or three years to back up your first year to really solidify yourself. And I think that same logic then applies to Tanya. Tunyon showed up out of nowhere, and yeah, he was great last year, but again, the logic that just because you were tied for first in touchdowns does not mean you are a top five player in your position. I I do not, I mean, we've said it already that you have Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews if you think that Robert Tunyon deserves to make it into that five, please tell me who drops out of that list and why. And I guarantee you the only people that will say that Tanya makes that list are Packer fans because they're like, he's just, he, he's a goofball, man. Like he, he just, he's got this energy to him and he just catches touchdowns. Sends positive vibes, (laughs) positive vibes, baby. I do not buy any of that. That doesn't do you any good for fantasy. Please prove me wrong, but I don't expect him to be this top five tight end that everyone thinks he could be. So, I, he's too touchdown dependent. So, I don't trust him.
1: Rodgers threw 48 touchdowns. after are throwing 26 to 25 the two years before. So, I don't think Rodgers beats that much. So, I don't think Tunnion gets that many touchdowns. That's just kind of where I stand.
0: Let's move on from the Packers. We'll move on to our hometown team, better. the fantasy like, football fellows. I like this better, team. the Minnesota Vikings. Unfortunately, due to time, we're going to have to clip through this a little bit quicker than we'd probably like to. So uh, instead of taking time for, for everybody to answer the question, um, we'll I'll give uh, one person the opportunity to answer the question. We'll just have to all move right. on. But I think I think we all carried the very same opinions, and based on our rankings, it's we all yep. actually. Well, except for two players, but we'll get into that. Those are the rookie sensation from last season. Justin Jefferson finished as wide receiver six. was only seven points behind Calvin Ridley and 13 and a half behind DeAndre Hopkins. Cam, you think we get a repeat season uh, from Justin Jefferson again?
1: Yeah. If you took Justin Jefferson's, if you took off those first two games, you averaged out and then you averaged it out over 17 games. He's on pace for a hundred catches, 1,615 yards. And eight and a half touchdowns. That's what he would be over seventeen games. That's pretty stinking good. I, you always got to worry about a sophomore slump or a sophomore regression. He was just such a special talent last year, though, that I just don't think you're gonna see that. He wasn't touchdown dependent, which is awesome. He caught the ball 88 times, so it's not like he was just one hit wonder. Like he caught the ball 88 times, so I, th- I, I gotta, I would assume that he's gonna stick around. And he's going to be a special talent for a long time. I think he's going to be a top ten wide receiver for the rest of his prime. So, I, I don't see him not repeating. Yep. This offense has only gotten better.
0: Yeah. For reference, I have my wide receiver ten. Tyler has my wide receiver nine. Cam has my wide receiver eight. Top ten wide receiver. Don't think there's much else you need to to really chew on there. Uh, we'll flip to the other side of the field then with Adam Thielen finished as wide receiver 10 last season and is actually uh, finished inside the top 10, three of the past four seasons for the Vikings, which I didn't realize until I looked that up today. Uh, Tyler, how likely is it that Thielen finishes as a top 10 wide receiver for the fourth time in the past five years?
2: I really hope he does, but <laughs> I, I I think the chances are even more slim than they are in the past. Yeah. Um, Partially because there are other receivers like, I mean, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin. Those are guys that I can see finishing in the top 10 ahead of Thielen. Not to say that they will, but I can see them finishing before Thielen. Um, And I think last year we really kind of saw the role that, I mean, the Kubiaks. Can I say that? Just because Clint's now the (laughs) new OC. That's kind of the role that they have for Thielen is the the red zone threat, right. The, the guy that can get open in the end zone. And then maybe he's good for like four or five catches trying to get up the field. Um, But it seemed like that was Jefferson's role was to be that guy to catch it out in space and to pick up yards, you know, as you're going down the field. So I I have him at wide receiver 15, which I still think is admirable. He's definitely still a wide receiver too, um, but I just don't think wide receiver 10 is or higher is something that could be achieved this year.
1: Yeah, he had 14 touchdowns last year. It's going to be pretty hard to repeat.
2: Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that was the big thing was a touchdown dependency. And Tyler, you said it too. There's a handful of guys that I think. Probably because they're healthy again this year, finish ahead of him. Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. Between QBs being healthy or them being healthy again, there's uh, th- those are guys who I may or may not take ahead of Thielen, but uh, I've got him at 18, wide receiver 18, Tyler at 15, Cameron at 16. So again, all in the same range, but probably not another top 10 performance in line for Adam Thielen. Let's move on to uh, one of the more di- probably arguably one of the most dynamic runners in the NFL, uh, Dalvin Cook. I, I'm going to be honest. We don't probably don't need to spend much time on why he's worth one of your first two picks in fantasy drafts. Uh, so I, I, I want to tackle this from a different angle. Cameron, how likely is it that Dalvin finishes outside of the top three running backs and what would it take for that to happen?
1: Someone else to have to go play unbelievable. You, you need two someone else to play unbelievable and he would need to get hurt this man had 25 touches a game last year 1900 scrimmage yards and 17 touchdowns and the offensive line got better and the defense got better so the touches probably will stay the same maybe even go up because they're going to be playing from their defense to be much better that's the way Zimmer likes to run the offense and his efficiency is going to go up which is going to be crazy because it was already so high so I something crazy would have to happen for him to drop out of the top three
0: Yeah, any additional thoughts on that, Tyler?
2: No, I mean, there's you gotta, you're almost forcing an argument that Dalvin Cook falls outside of the top three. So you're really stretching it to push him outside of top three. Yeah, he's, he's gonna finish top three for sure.
0: Yeah, no grapes there. Same thing. We have consensus running back two here. We all have him slotted behind Christian McCaffrey running back one. Uh, should be a Sherlock pick is your number two pick in drafts this year. And well, even, I, tri- I will say this real quick too.
2: Even if Cook gets hurt, no one is going to say that Cook in number two is a bad pick. Yeah, exactly. No one will say that.
0: Nobody will. That's just how the cookie crumbled, unfortunately. It, it wouldn't be in your favor. So well worth your first or second pick in fantasy drafts. Uh, let's move on to Kirk Cousins, man of the helm, Mister. We want to be prime time so badly, uh, but he has sneaky good fantasy season last year. He finished as QB eleven, and you both have Kirk a few spots higher than I do. Actually, I have him at QB seventeen. I bumped him up ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. For those of you who listened last week, you're welcome. Uh, you. you have him at QB fourteen. Cam, you have him at QB thirteen. I feel like we need to turn this into like a segment each week of like who needs convincing. Like that's gonna be the title of the segment. Who needs convincing? And we try and convince him why a certain player is deserving of a certain rank. And I guess that I'm that person this week. Um <laughs> one of you, tell me, why is Kirk a top fifteen quarterback in your eyes for fantasy purposes?
1: I got some stats on this, unless you want to go tie.
2: Take it away.
1: All right. So Kirk's three seasons in the for the Vikings. He's averaged about forty two hundred yards a season. He had 30 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, and 35 touchdowns. So I think it's safe to say that actually the odd one out there I think is probably the 26 because I think he's going to throw similar to the same amount of touchdowns now that he's got multiple I guess I shouldn't even say that because he's had the same amount of weapons pretty much. Jefferson just kind of stepped in for For Diggs. uh, Diggs and Irv Smith's pretty much stepping in for Kyle Rudolph. So I just think he keeps it up on a team. I think this offense is going to be just about as good as last year. They're going to they're going to be uh, lighting the lighting the scoreboard up, and so I just think he, I think he maintains that. He might take a small step back, but I still think he's borderline quarterback one. Interesting, borderline quarterback one,
0: even Tyler. Uh, add, add your additional thoughts on that, quick
2: yeah i I agree with all that. I think um the offensive line is going to help him out too, not just cook, but also Kirk that's just gonna give him better protection to stand in the pocket. there were there were too many times last year where he would just stand in the pocket and then he'd feel like an ounce of pressure and then just turtle and drop right like he's got he's got reinforcements now on the line. And I think the other thing too is that um, with uh, Clint Kubiak now as the offensive coordinator, Kubiak was a quarterbacks coach for the past two seasons, past or just last season, something like that. I think it's two. So Clint knows exactly what Kirk likes and doesn't like, and what and what he can do to put Kirk in the best possible spot to succeed. And I think we all know it's kind of the play action. Roll out to your left and turn your turn your hips, turn your shoulders and fire right back across the field to a crossing Jefferson or to a crossing Thielen. So I think maybe quarterback eleven is a little I mean, I don't think it's gonna be a top ten season for sure. Um, but I think if let's say you miss out on that like first tier quarterbacks, Kirk is like your like the first or second guy that you should grab right after that, because he will produce good numbers for you, and could and yeah, would be a quarterback one if you just miss out on all those guys. So yeah, QB one.
0: When I saw that like, Kirk finished QB eleven last year, that really changed my opinion. I think I'm gonna have to really reevaluate where I have a few guys to make him maybe boost him up towards that that top fifteen range. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to slot him above fifteen yet, but
1: yeah, those like I mean, a. L- those 12 through 15 quarterbacks, those are guys that can all kind of jumble around too.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Kirk could end up being a good guy. I don't think you need to rush to draft him, that's for sure. No. But He'll uh, drop. If you have a guy like Russell Wilson and you need to take another solid backup guy, I think Kirk Cousins is a great guy to take as you know a, a, mm. an insurance policy for, for yeah. Russell
2: Wilson. So. And, and I will say this, just the most absolute like, Homer comment I can make <laughs> – we all know Kirk Tober is a real thing. He like just for whatever reason. He just is unbeatable in October. He's gotten a better offensive line. So Kirk Tober is just gonna be even that much better. So
0: put it on a t-shirt. Put it on the shirt
2: Hey, merchandise. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> Too soon. Maybe, 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 maybe. Who knows? Who knows?
0: We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up here with a guy that I really want to talk about guy that I'm, I don't know, I, I don't want to think I'm unreasonably high on, but I might be just as excited about Irv Smith Jr. This year as I am about Jalen hurts. Uh, and I'm going to continue on with our segment of who needs convincing because Tyler needs convincing right now. I think he knows it too. He Probably. knows it too.
2: Probably.
0: I have Ersmith Jr. at tight end 12. Cameron, you have him at tight end 15. Cameron has him all the way down at tight end 20. Oh, oh. Tyler. Wait, I do?
2: Yeah, yeah you have man. a 20.
0: I have it at 20. Yeah.
2: Oh, Lord.
0: So forgive me. I know I have my chance to monologue, but for the sake of time and for the sake of I just really want to talk about Ersmith Jr., I'm going to like mini log this mini monologue <laughs> Ersmith Jr. So Tyler, I'm going to convince you why you need to put Erf Smith Jr. inside of your top 15. I, titans, I, if not, inside of your top 12, tight ends.
2: If I, if I, am I, a, am I actually a Vikings fan? If I have Erf Smith at tight end 20, like, can we? Is that is that a thing? Is that a thing? I mean,
1: it's a question. I'm
2: questioning you now. Save me, <laughs> save me, save me. That's all I'm going to say.
0: So <laughs> here, here's the only stats that I needed to be convinced that Erf Smith Jr. is a top. 12 tight end this year okay finished as tight end 22 last year and that was with kyle rudolph on the roster okay and now we all know kyle rudolph is in uh, new york on the giants now and speaking of kyle rudolph the games where irv smith and kyle rudolph played Irv smith jr was tight end 37 yuck not touchable in games where irv smith jr played and kyle rudolph wasn't in the lineup you want to know where irv smith jr was Tight end Dude, four. Oh my gosh.
2: No way. He was
0: tight end four. No way. Kyle Rudolph didn't play. And so no, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to tell you that ersmith Jr. is a top five tight end. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to hop on that wagon yet, but what I am going to tell you that ersmith Jr. will be a top 15 tight end. I might even be willing to go as far and say that ersmith Jr. will be a top 10 tight end this year. I'm a tight end 12. I'm not ready to put him there. It's like the Keenan Allen thing with Cameron, right? Where it's like, <laughs> I don't want people to laugh at me, but I'm seriously considering putting ahead, putting him ahead of guys like uh, Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, Mike Gasecki, Noah Fant. I'm considering it. I'm considering it. If he finishes there, I'm going to use, I, 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 I we got to get merch in a t-shirt on this. If he finishes in the top 10 tight ends, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm not going to be shocked. Cool. I'm not going to be shocked.
2: Cool. 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 Cool, cool.
0: So mini monologue over Tyler you can defend yourself now uh to wrap up the podcast here but uh I just had to let you know why Irv Smith Jr. is going to be a top 15 if not top 12 tight end this year
1: just so you know Tyler after that stat dropped
2: anything you say is just gonna be invalid <laughs> I have <laughs> no. no shot now I know there's nothing I can possibly say that justifies tight end 20 I I don't even name name just some of the tight ends that I have in front of him like between 16 and 19 who are those guys
0: do you have the rankings on camera otherwise i can pull them up i don't even know if it matters (laughs) (laughs) actually i got it
1: right here i got it right here this podcast drops it'll be
2: different here we go (laughs) lord Um, all
0: right tyler you have austin hooper at 19 jared cook at 18 eric ebron at 17 evan ingram at 16 johnny smith at 15 tyler higby at 14 hunter henry at 13 gronk at 12 I'll stop there because that's where I have Irv Smith. I wouldn't justify anything. Where did you put Jared Cook in front of Irv Smith? Tyler's having a rough COVID here, the second part of the podcast. I think think we need to stop before this gets too out of control.
2: (laughs) Here are my closing remarks. Do not ask me about tight end advice unless it is Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle give me the obvious ones. Everyone else do not talk to me about, go talk to Lucas or cam because I clearly just do not know anything about my tight ends. So that's all I have to say.
0: It's also I, one of those where once the top three are gone, it's kind of like, well, when do I want to take a tight end? And then you just kind of take whoever's on the board. So it's okay. You're not You're You're not in that boat alone.
2: <laughs> no, I am though. I really, really am. <laughs> that's the thing.
0: <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> oh. well that's the nfc north <laughs> well, <laughs> well and on that note um fellas any final thoughts as we as we close out the nfc north here i
1: i think the vikings run away with this division <laughs> i the bears might challenge the packers for that second spot with the mighty annie dalton who knows i
2: red lightning red lightning
1: who knows, and I, Irv Smith might be top two, so <laughs> top two pass catcher. You never know, so that's kind of where we're at.
0: Uh, I anything from you?
2: Um, Please, please still tune in for hot take tie segments. <laughs> I will just not talk about tight ends. That's all. But, yep. Just I won't talk about tight ends on my hot takes. That's all.
0: You heard it here first. No hot takes on tight ends from Hot Take tie. <laughs> thanks for, t- <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in, listening to uh, another division breakdown in the NFC North. Go ahead, and follow us on social media: FF Fellows on Twitter, the FF Fellows on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellows on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Man, that was fun. Uh, come back for another, another fun banter-filled episode next week. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Make sure to you drop your questions as low. As, as low as well uh down below in the comments if you're on youtube or uh, feel free to post them in any social media posts as well for our mailbag series that we are starting mm-hmm. thanks again for listening thanks for tuning in hanging out with us today with the three stooges just being dudes we are the fantasy football fellas
2: deuces deuces, deuces.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast again today. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our weekly content, especially now that we've got that mailbag series going. We're really excited for that. Uh, you can drop all your comments in any of our social media posts. We'll make sure we get to them, uh, whether they're serious about fantasy football uh, or not. Our most recent one we talked about uh, zombie apocalypse, which uh, which fellow would survive the longest? So uh, we're we're game for all your questions. Make sure to drop them. Uh, you can follow us on all of our social media, the FF Fellas on Instagram, FF Fellas on Twitter, and Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Again, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our weekly content. Look forward to bringing you another division breakdown next week of the AFC East. Deuces.